Welcome back to the Five Banner Banter Podcast. It's been a while. Uh, this is episode eight. Our last episode was before the Big Ten tournament, mm-hmm. which was a while ago now. Um, but we're back, back with the 2022-23 Indiana Daily Student Men's Basketball Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Evan Gerke. Uh Joined alongside one of my co-beat reporters, Bradley O'Hulin is here. Uh, Emma Pollitz di- could not make it today. Um, I'm, we've we've had the running joke of her being in different kind of jails our season, from casino jail to sorority jail to flu jail. She might just be in regular jail. I was going to say she might be in a gulag somewhere <laughs> in the know. eastern block. Um, it's not just like oh she couldn't make it. We have not heard from her all no. day. Um, so we replaced her um, with special guest and host of the Payoff Podcast, the Indiana Daily Student Women's Basketball Podcast. Will Foley. Hello, Will. Hey guys. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing lovely. I'm doing well, too. Now, that's the voice of a man who hosts a podcast. Yeah. Sorry. He's also, he's so excited to be here. You can, just, you can hear it in his voice. You can see it on his face. He's having a blast. He hasn't been this happy since his kindergarten graduation a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you couldn't get Bob Costas on the podcast today, but... This is I about as good as... It, yeah, yeah, it's a close second. Well, because you called Tiger Woods last Masters win, didn't you? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> you were alongside Nance in the booth, so I think you're doing just fine. So we are uh, we are back after <laughs> every time. Every time we do God. the intro, I have to end it on a stupid joke that leaves no room for a segue, and then Evan just has to be like, <sighs> "Yeah, we awkwardly have to to move back to like, all right, let's let's do the actual thing we're here for and talk about sports." Um, so yeah, it's been a while since we were here. Last time we previewed the Big Ten tournament. Spoiler alerts: Indiana lost. Uh, they lost to Penn State in the second game. Um, Purdue won the tournament, in case you just woke up from your long nap under a rock. And then they went to the NCAA tournament. They went 1-1 one and one in that tournament as well, beating Kent State in the first round and losing to Miami, Florida in the second round. Um, not really like a blowout loss. I was going to say blowout for a second, but I was like, it really wasn't. It wasn't like a close. The score alone was a blowout score. Yeah, and, like, the ending was a blowout, but the game wasn't a blowout. No, they hung tight for a long time. Yeah. Um, but definitely a bit of a bit of a boat race there at the end. Mm. So we're, we'll, we'll look back at that game. I think most of this podcast will be doing some uh, analyzing of, of that game, what went wrong, what went right, if there was anything. Um, we will also talk afterward about a little bit of the postseason stuff. We're not going to get too far into it. Um, one, because Emma's not here and – we have lots to talk about with Emma, too, because I think we're just going to do another podcast where we do like a full season recap um, and look back at maybe our preseason predictions as well, which I think will be fun. So we'll, we'll get to some transfer stuff uh, mostly. Um, obviously, Peyton Sparks committed to Indiana today, uh, probably yesterday if when you're listening to this. And they've got some guys in the portal. So we're, we'll break that down, what Indiana wants, what they're looking for, who else might leave, stuff like that. Um, so let's start with the end of the season, the loss to Miami. Um, in general, if you guys ever have any insight, what about Miami um, led to Indiana just not being able to cut it in that game and not making it to the Sweet 16? I guess I'll I'll yeah. take the lead here. Um, I mean, it's it's easy to forget when you look at that final score, but there was a time where this game was deadlocked at like roughly 40, 43, 44 points, and Indiana was able to fight back. But I think it uh, pretty clearly comes down to uh, a couple things. The first one that 
jumps out to me is three-point shooting. Uh, Miami looks like knocked down nine, which isn't amazing. I mean, Indiana themselves had eight, but um, Miami was just, they were very fast. They spread the floor. They also got, it looks like, 14 points from their bench, um, which is slightly better than Indiana's zero points mm-hmm. off the bench. Now, obviously, Indiana, a team that struggled with depth given the injuries they've had, and also just like some complete non-producers that come off the bench. Um, so I think those are the two things that immediately jump out to me is just the pace with which Miami played. I mean, 85 points is a lot against yeah. this Indiana defense. And just the fact that as Trace Jackson Davis, Race Thompson, even Miller Cop were getting a little tuckered out out there, no one was really stepping up from a statistical sense to do much other than get an assist or a foul. It's it's a pace that Miami played that the Big Ten isn't really built for. Um, and you've seen this discourse on Twitter a thousand times already if you've seen it once. Um, and you could tell the difference. I also wanted to note on the three-point shooting, Miami was 9 for 23, Indiana was 8 for 25. So a, a similar number, Indiana just missed a couple more. But a lot of those came at that last second of garbage time. I think maybe even one or two makes came at that time. It's and like a, three straight for Jalen. Yeah, I mean, Jalen was three for 11 from three. And if I can try to pull it up real quick, I know a bunch of those. Like He was probably like either 0 of 8 or 1 of 8 at one point. In in the last 10 minutes, um, he m- missed one, made three in a row, mm-hmm. and then missed four more. Um, Tabar missed two more. Race missed one. Indiana missed their last nine three-point shots. Um, and outside of, I think, th- what, Miller have three? Miller was two for five. Two for five. That Including, was... I think, one of them that tied the game or like got him close. Early. There was there was the one right at halftime, which was right in front of our, where I was sitting, which was cool. Um, mm. I, I, I did go to Albany. Neither of my, my guests made the trip well one of them is not no uh, that would have covered well, the team i mean he could have just gone as a fan you know it's true could have he yeah. could have he could have done the pam witten and flown for kent state flown back for indiana's first round game flown back to albany for the indiana miami men's game and then back to indiana for the women's game i actually should have been with Pam Witten. you should have on her private chat yeah um does but so a, yeah, I was I was sitting front row um in some poor dude's seat who I just took. Sure. I think it was it was a Yukon reporter, I'm pretty sure. So it wasn't oh, like I just, just like kicked some random dude out. Right. Yeah. Um but so I had a very good view of that three pointer. It was like right in front of me. Not to like dwell on this too much, but how was the experience there in Albany in a very much a neutral site? Um it n- Albany is Albany, right? Like sure. it's it's there's not much know, there. Sure. The stadium is like bigger than I thought it would be, but they didn't have a great media setup. Like there was overflow seating like at the top, like literally the top row of the stadium, and it was just like you were squeezing through this like table that they had set up. It wasn't great. Um and similar to the Big Ten tournament, the way that media set up was like you've got two games in one session and all that media is, is assigned seats. So like we were the later game in both again like we were in the Big Ten tournament and um once those for that first game the once the media members left anyone who had overflow seating would just kind of sneak in and, and grab a seat that was open sure so similar to that um the food they just gave us food vouchers I got some very good tacos Ooh. um the chicken tacos taco stuff right chicken okay. tacos though but like 
you know, I are we going more, I got, I got more beef tacos or more classic with those toppings. They were, they were a little bit more classic. I wanted the, there was like a, a chicken taco that sounded really good, but they, they were sold out when I went. And then the next day I just got chicken right. tenders instead. Sure. Um, but like as, as an experience, as a student journalist specifically, um, I'm really glad I went. Uh, I know I would have regretted not going, especially considering that they lost yeah. and I would have missed my last game to sure. cover. So it was a long drive. We we did the drive back in one day, and it was about 12 hours, including stops. Um, and Albany is Albany again. It wasn't you know the greatest city in the world. Sorry if we have any big Albany listeners here. Um, if anyone from Albany is listening, shout out Chet Tess, the the pub owner at McGeary's. Mm. Okay. But other than that, um, I was going to say Albany. shout out Alex Paul for driving. Also all the shout way out back. Alex and Paul. Then yeah, shooting. The women's game, which I reported on, um, yeah, thanks, Alex. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that you went. I had a similar sense of FOMO, uh, as I explained to Evan. I think it's just been a lot of travel and stuff this year. And when I travel, we're getting I don't like to travel. <laughs> I get anxious when I travel. I don't like it. I done it a lot this year, and it was stressful. But I had fun every time, <laughs> including staying uh, at the lovely home. The the Gurkey residence. The, this is true in Portage, Indiana. Yeah, we we made predictions uh, before the Big Ten tournament, uh, as we usually do. And yours was that you were gonna have a good time with the Gizmo, and mine was that you were gonna inhale like the entire dinner that my mother made. And you came close to the breakfast casserole. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good breakfast casserole. Oh my gosh! Like there was potatoes, cheese, some bacon. But only on half, which is very sensitive to people who you know might mm-hmm. not be big meat eaters. Yeah, exactly. It or just so good. sometimes people don't want bacon on their breakfast casserole. Also fair. Also fair. It was so good. Will, you should have been there. You had no reason to be there, but you should have been there. Am I invited to the Kariki household? Sure. Let's okay. let's go on up. You okay. can come up for Easter. I'm right. not doing anything after this. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got a seven hour round trip in me plus dinner and a movie. Um. Sounds like so. A yeah. Plan. Albany, yeah. good. You were there watching Miller Cop drain yes. that shot near yeah. the end of halftime. Upside which... down headband Miller Cop. Was both games. Yeah, yes, you're right. Yes. Yep. Um, Trey had it on in the locker room before the second game when, when the vibes are good on the practice day between the games. Uh, and they were trying to see if he – to convince – not convince him. The, the media wasn't convincing anything. We're, we're impartial. Uh, but they were asking around. if like, oh, are you, you going to wear it? Is this a thing? Uh, he he said he wasn't sure. He was like, I, I can't wear it upside down because that's Miller's thing. And the headband's kind of racist thing. I suggested that if Indiana's wearing white, he does – uh, the red side of the headband, mm. kind of, you know, an accent piece almost. Sure. Uh, but he decided not to go with the headband. So, gotcha. And we wonder why they lost it by 16 mm. points. We actually don't really for for a bit. I was thinking that they were going to keep winning, and every time they won, a new player would have a headband. Oh, so by so like the good. championship game, Mike Woodson. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think would have been the last holdout on the headband? Part of me wants to say Trace. That was because my first thought. He's he's very a very serious guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes what he does very seriously. Um, I'd say Jalen. You think so? I don't like. I can very clearly imagine there would be some bench guys though. first, but I think I can see Jalen doing it later. He's he did also say we we asked Jalen about his hairstyle um, because he tends to switch it up 
fairly often. And he was like, it's not really like a superstition thing or anything. It's just kind of like, you know. <laughs> just kind of like, I have hair. And sometimes yeah. I do it differently. Yeah. Because, well, there was, there was a point at the, towards the middle of the season where it was like, oh, when he has a specific hairstyle, he has his best games. Hmm. Um, and he said that, like I said, nothing superstitious. You just kind of went with, with what he wanted. If they had won again and Indiana made the Sweet 16, he would have probably come back with like the – the cornrow mm-hmm. dreadlock style hair. So he said yeah. he was going to switch it up. But I can imagine just like a room full of Indiana reporters short circuiting, trying to comprehend the idea of different hairstyles as they all just there, look at a I, crowd of side parts. I think the only um, the only media people at, in that interview were me, Zion, and Emma. Oh, okay. So it was because it was you know the open locker room, so we were all just kind of walk, walking around, and that was the practice day. So honestly, so you could relate. What? You could relate then about your changing hairstyles. Yeah, sure. I've changed my hairstyle before. I was thinking about that earlier today. It's were you? I I know I genuinely was. I don't know why I've been think, thinking about my friends' hair a lot recently. Uh, namely, like how most of my friends were very lucky in that we haven't showed the early signs of male pattern baldness. I'm so sorry that I'm taking this tangent here. But then I was thinking about how like Evan has really changed up his look in the last since I like first knew him freshman yes, early sophomore year. Yeah. Um. Even like early junior year. Yeah, about about the beginning of junior year was when I, I switched hairstyles mm-hmm. and then started growing out the beard. Uh, for so, those, obviously, you can't see Evan. For those of you who don't know, he has waist-length uh, golden hair. So, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> as opposed to his previous buzz cut. So, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's been a nice change. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Speaking of changes of pace, going up against Miami. <laughs> a little, little quick Yeah, the thing him. that we're supposed to be talking about. I keep getting us back there. Don't worry. Yeah. And then I keep sidetracking us immediately after. Um, what else? Trey said 23 and eight rebounds. That's poetic. He was good. 23 for 23. Yeah, that's true. It's also, like my the I did the um, yep. What story was that? Where oh, it was it was his his senior night game. Yeah, uh, I wrote a story about Trace on senior night because you have to for a guy like Trace Jackson Davis. And Will pointed out to me that in the Microsoft document uh, that I was working in, if you were to command F and search for Trace Jackson Davis, you'd get 23 results. So number 23, I named him 23 times in that article, which is quite impressive. Wow. And clearly intentional by the way. Yeah, obviously. Well, cause we're masters of the craft here. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But no, I mean, <sighs> You have a note here that is probably good to jump onto next. Like, obviously, Miami was not your typical fifth seed in the sense that they won the ACC. They, uh, regular season? Regular yes. season. Uh, good for them. <laughs> I, guys, I don't, watch, I don't watch a lot of basketball outside of the Big Ten. Guys, if we keep talking about the ACC, Emma will show up. <laughs> That's true. If you go into a dark room and say ACC, ACC in the three mirror times. three times, <laughs> oh, she's in the corner. <laughs> This would be a great time if we, like, had the effort, like, we contact Emma, get her, like, some post-recording, then slip the audio in <laughs> as she's here. Um, but no, yeah, Emma would have been so clutch to have in here. But, again, in the gulag, um, probably currently, like, fighting her way through the Russian battalion, swimming overseas so she can correct us on our ACC takes. But, yeah, I mean, Miami probably, you know, definitely better than your average five seed. And we're seeing that now with them competing against Florida, UConn, okay, against UConn in the Final Four. Yeah, I mean that that's exactly it. In in my head, having Miami make that run, you know, you ne- a loss is never good, but I think it's a it's more palatable to lose to a team that is 
going to finish as one of the four best sure. teams this season. And, and there's so much, like, nuance with that about, like, oh, well, Indiana could have lost next round to Houston because their, their style doesn't match up. Like, Houston's right. style just matches Like, whatever. But the point is, like, Indiana didn't lose to Farley Dickinson. That is true. Great point. Uh, they did not. No. They lost <laughs> but to Miami. Just just as an example, a random example yeah. that yeah. I picked off the top of my head. Yeah. Will, as someone here who has not covered the team and who has not had to suppress any emotions they might have, because Evan and I, obviously, we're completely unbiased. I say, well, definitely not wearing an Indiana crew neck. Um, does it feel better to you that Miami has made it? Like, does that make any substantial difference in how you view that game, or are you just like, a loss is a loss? Um, I'd say, may, like, sure, like, they made the Final Four, but I also think part of it is just, like, like you've talked about it, you look at their style of play and it's like, well, Indiana can't beat that style of play, like eight yeah. games out of ten. Um and there were also just a lot of things in the game. Uh call it like call it whatever you want. Twenty offensive rebounds allowed. Can't win a yeah. game when that happens. And there were just some like balls bouncing the right way to Miami, the wrong way to Indiana. You have the Isaiah Wong three, which like hits the back yes. of the rim, like, dies and rolls back in. Like, there were just a lot of unlucky breaks in the midst of it. Um, yeah, I just think, obviously, Indiana fans had big hopes. You know, Sweet 16 was certainly palpable. And you run into a team with a lot of good guards when you are struggling with guard depth yourself, and it's hard to win. Mm-hmm. Is is that its own issue then that Indiana can't beat a team that plays the style of basketball? Obviously, we've seen the Big Ten has not gone far in the tournament in a long time now. Well, not I shouldn't say it hasn't gone far, hasn't won at all in a long time. It has been too long since they were in the Final Four. But is is that the issue that just as a whole, Indiana and the Big Ten are not set up to play this style of game that makes you successful in March? I think so. Uh, Emma wrote about that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Emma, big ACC basketball fan. Um, because if you look at it, too, the one team that did make it past the first week in Michigan State, you look at their team. And Penn, or no, did Penn State get bounced in that second round? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Retracted. But they put up a good fight, too, against Texas, sure. by the way. Yeah. Michigan State has Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogarth. Like, they have good balance and good guards slash forwards, which – allowed them to compete and yeah you look at like looking at indiana's guards jalen had a poor shooting night eight for 22 uh tamar bates was oh of seven now in the transfer portal mm-hmm. yeah uh, of guard depth and yeah and the others just like trey galloway shot five shots like when you when you rely on trace jackson davis so much obviously he's a first team all-american uh, contender for national player of the year but like when you know that your shots are coming within five feet or less every single time down the floor it's hard to hard to keep up with a team that can launch threes and it did sound like mike Wilson doesn't want a team that runs that way next year he talked about how he's never had a player like Tracy jackson davis before in terms of like a true center and that's how you base your offense around so it sounds like they're going to try to become a more athletic team where where the five is is able to shoot from the outside and uh Stuff like that. So that'll definitely be an interesting transition. Um, you made one other point I wanted to comment on. Oh, th- this this is a hot take for me, I think. And I know everyone wants to win the national championship and raise another banner. But 
part of me feels like right now Indiana's goal should be to win the Big Ten and the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, I don't more so like they they shouldn't worry about building to go deep in March as they should to go deep in February. I would I, agree. I would agree. I you know, it was a little weird when Mike Woodson gets hired in Indiana hadn't made the tournament since 2016 and everyone's saying national championship number six, like yeah. Yeah, when I the mean, Big Ten first. That's being a fan of the blue blood I think is just that you you just if it's not the best, it's terrible, and so you assume that once there's that glimmer of hope, it's like, all right, we're going right back to the best. I, I think I would agree. Like, obviously, temper the expectations, work to act, or work to actually win your conference because like that's your best shot at hardware. Winning the NCAA championship is one of the hardest things in sport. It requires throughout the course of 18 days, uh, six straight, um, six straight games against increasingly difficult competition, a wide variety of styles of play. That is so hard to all put together. So obviously, yeah, Big Ten tournament win or even regular season win is more attainable. That said, I don't think that's a reason to be like, well, we need to build our team specifically to win the Big Ten. Like Michigan State could have won the Big Ten. Penn State very nearly did. And they were constructed in such a way that would ostensibly get them deeper in March. So I think it's, you know, kind of a two things can be true. But I fully agree that, like, this is where the standard should be right now. That was one thing that I found interesting is when they, they lost in the Big Ten tournament, People are like, oh, it's extra rest for the NCAA tournament. I'm like, well, if you wanted to win hardware, that was your chance. Yeah, like that's the banner. That that was what you were going for. You weren't go- you weren't they weren't going to win the big. Like I guess they could have anyone. Like the highest seed in the final four is a four seed. Realistically, they could have made it to the final four and had a decent path. But also, no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the point is consider the following. No. Also, when was name like one time this year when Indiana beat three teams in a row of like genuinely very high quality? I would say. There was a stretch where they beat Purdue, Rutgers at home, and then Michigan on the road. Fair. Beyond that, they any streak they had was against kind of cupcake competition yeah. relative to you know that higher stuff. I'm yeah. not no shade to like the best of Illinois and Ohio State, but that just takes a second gear that you're probably not going to reach when you're getting zero bench points mm-hmm. in the biggest game of the year. And yeah. you, yeah, you look at the stretch after beating Indiana against the number one team in the country. Or number two team in the country, Houston, and then a really good Texas team that Miami beat to make the Final Four. Like, realistically, if you look at it, if Indiana had won, they're probably losing to Houston the next round. If they'd somehow beat Houston, they're, they're probably, probably losing, losing to, to Texas, Texas next round. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of like injuries and road environments color things differently, but Indiana against the best competition this year, probably Purdue, Arizona, and Kansas. Beat Purdue twice, awesome, huge. You know your guys are going to get up for that. You arguably have a favorable matchup there. But, like, Kansas and Arizona, aside from a few moments there in the Arizona game, they kind of looked outclassed. And that's just, I think, a different brand of basketball that you get more of in the tournament. So be it roster construction, be it just guys not showing up on the right day, this did not really feel like a team that was poised to make all that deep of a run. So you should try to win Big Ten hardware. That's my – also – Again, apparently this is a hot take. I don't I don't really know why it is, but like I don't care that the Big Ten hasn't won since two thousand. Like why is that relevant to me as a fan of sorry, not a fan, to to Whoa. regular fans of Indiana, like that the that yeah. Michigan State hasn't won it since two thousand. Because a West Coast team hasn't won it since like nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, the last Pac twelve champion was ninety seven and they don't play a similar style to the Big Ten at all. And, we and, saw we saw what happened with Arizona. 
they had played a style that destroyed Indiana, and they lost in the first round to Princeton. So yeah, the conference allegiance thing is always a little weird. Like I guess more money. I suppose. I mean, I don't think the average fan cares about like the endowment given to their schools. I think it's more just like when you hear, "Hey, a Big Ten team hasn't done it." It just like kind of hits at like a fear in your heart. That, like, wait, but I root for a Big Ten team. Does that mean <laughs> I? I can't? do think it's like the elephant in the room kind of thing. Yeah, where you're just like. You're trying not to associate with that, even though you are literally in that conference where it's like, oh, well, like, you should include us in this. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just think it's all silly. Also, I wouldn't assume silly. that the fans would care about the money endowment, but apparently they care about the Final Four ratings, so who knows? I've, I have a question for you both. We have an answer. Evan probably has an answer. Considering all the factors, because if you think preseason, the answer is no. Considering everything that happened throughout the course of the season, would you consider the end result as a success? Avoiding an upset in the first round, and you made it around further than you did last year. And which perspective are we answering this from? Um, considering everything that happened throughout the season, I mean, you lost Xavier Johnson due to injury. Yes. Yeah. It's the most successful season they've had in seven years. Yeah. Honestly, in... Even from preseason, I still almost argue that it was a success. Like, the, it wasn't fully a success because you didn't win any hardware, but this is kind of what was expected. Maybe around further. But yeah, maybe, yeah. Again, you're not healthy. Like, because here's the thing I feel like it's silly to say this is not a success, where if they hang on to beat Penn State and then they beat Purdue again. This season is automatically like a massive success, almost regardless of what happens in the tournament. Because well, that's, you, that is a pretty big if, like that. Well, those are two big ifs of beating Penn State and then doing it a third time against. Purdue. But the point is, it's a two-game difference. Where then you look back on it, it's like they beat Purdue twice. They had that win against Xavier. Um, also, like let's say let's say Drake pulled it out against Miami, and then Indiana beat up on Drake. Not even beat up, but just beat Drake. Yeah. Then you're also saying it's a success. Yeah. Similar in a similar yeah. fashion, where that's, that's one game away. Well, two games. Cause yeah. Drake didn't beat Drake, Miami, yeah. but you're you're again you're that close to literally just winning one more game, and it makes a big difference. Yeah. So to answer your question, I th- I think we're in agreement that you have to consider this a success, even if like it's not as much as you thought it could be. Like, get real. You were playing most of the year without your most experienced floor general. Yeah. Teams in college basketball are not built to weather that. I mean, how much? What was the number that Jalen and um, X played like on the floor together this season? I think seven, including Kansas. Yeah, and really, like, with all due respect to the Owls and the Red Hawks of Miami, Ohio. I think he was out by the time of the Owls, but yeah, the Miami game. Uh, Don't disrespect yeah. the Owls like that. So they almost Christmas. beat Xavier. No, I'm 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 saying yeah. the point. My yeah. point being, like those those early games, yeah. you're not learning a whole lot. Like playing those two, de- like there they there wasn't anything that Indiana really gained with those two on the floor. Outside of that, it was what Xavier and a few minutes against Kansas, and that was all they really yeah. played together. Not for Rutgers, not for Nebraska, not for uh, Arizona, because Jalen was out for Arizona. Uh, was he really? Yeah. True. Yeah. True. He had that yeah. back injury that held him out. So also, like, I feel like people overlook this throughout the year. Like, Jalen wasn't supposed to be the point guard of this team. Mm-mm. No. And he did a pretty darn good he, job he when did he a took over. Very good job as to like his draft stock launched up. And on top of that, like, 
I, I look at the Arizona game where Xavier went to the bench with seven minutes left in the half or whatever, and Arizona went on a 17-0 run because they didn't have another guard on the floor. Yeah. And that happened, like, not to that extent, but quite a few times this season where if you've got both guys out there, one of them is going to stop that run. One of them will, will create a play, whether it's a Jalen jump shot, even on days when he's not shooting that well, or, or mm-hmm. uh, where both of them are on the floor as a threat, and you, you can dish it to Miller or Fine Trace, whatever. That makes Indiana such a different team, and that loss oh, yeah. was, was massive. And defensively, I'm not saying that Xavier Johnson is Drew Holiday, but he is very fast. He's got a decent frame. He's strong. Like, He's a pretty good perimeter defender, arguably the best one they had. Like Miller had his moments, but Jalen and Tamar are a little raw. Trey, Trey plays good defense, but he's not on the court as much. So, And that was just something we saw early on is like if a team could shoot against Indiana, they could really run away with it. And, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, but the Xavier Johnson experience will forever remain a huge what if, especially as it relates to this season. Mm-hmm. So we talked about – the the roster makeup this season and, and the holes there. Let, let's look ahead for a little bit. Well, um, should we just kind of say like, oh yeah, uh, Trace Jackson Davis is done playing at Indiana. Did we? Eh, did we kind of? Yeah, everyone knows. Race Tops is done. Miller Cops done. We, we've talked about them enough. I think they're gone. See you guys. Yeah, we we so, gave them a little. Thank send you off for before. your service. So I, I will say because we're going to talk about transfers now. I will yep. say um, l- let's talk about that from a numbers side of things. As in, how many scholarships does Indiana have when we do a little little sh- window shopping here? Um, so Miller, Race, Trace are all gone. There's three open scholarships. Yep. Tamar and Logan are in the portal. There, That would be two more. Yep. So now you're up to five. Um, you're bringing in two freshmen, so you're back down to three. And now you've got Peyton Sparks, who announced he's coming to IU today. So that's, that's two more uh, currently open scholarship spots. That's assuming that Jalen, Xavier, Johnson, and... Jordan Geronimo all stay, which the odds of that are astronomically low. So let's say let's say we have three or four, three or four, uh, a little little bit of little bit of wiggle room. Um, so we'll we'll kind of break down, I guess, some other options first. Let's look at Peyton, Peyton Sparks real quick. Uh, so if anyone's listening, if we have anyone listening to the podcast, right? Um, who is interested in Peyton Sparks? That's they can cool. get to know a little bit more. Winchester Zone. Winchester Zone, yes, uh, uh, Indiana native, uh, really a Hoosier through and through. Well, of course. Um, average thirteen point three points per game, eight point seven rebounds per game, on about fifty percent shooting last season. Um, his shooting percentage was down, but his numbers were pretty much the same freshman year. Um, he'll be a junior next season, so he'll have two years of eligibility. Uh, his season high in points twenty four against Toledo and Montana State. Um, a big thing with that Bradley pointed out before the podcast, he averages 2.4, 2.5 fouls a game, um, and had at least four in nine games, um, race and TJD combined for seven of those. Um, on the flip side of that, he also is really good at getting to the line. I think I saw he was averaging like seven free throws a game. Um, but his shooting, his free throw percentage is not great. I think it was around 60%. So... That all being said, yeah, he averaged an average performance for him was hitting three point seven of seven. He is a fifty three percent free throw shooter. Yeah, that's not great. He's he is better from the field than he is from the line. Crazy. Well, he, his shots from the field tend to be a little bit closer. Yeah, than the free throw line. True. But he well, same is with not same with Trace though. Fair, fair. No, these are both fair. I mean, and like I, you know, I was uh, watching the tape and. Um, 
by which I mean a Twitter. YouTube video. <laughs> yeah. Here's a, here. I watched all three and a half minutes of available tape on Peyton Sparks. Um, it's a well, lot of Ball him. State notably is is it a media desert? Yeah, of course. Hey, <laughs> no disrespect to Muncie, but yeah, you know, I mean, he's got good footwork. Um, he's got some nice touch around the rim. It kind of looks like uh, Trace when he's having an okay night against Big Ten competition. The thing is, uh, Peyton Sparks was in those highlights playing against a lot of six foot four guys. <laughs> Down there in the post, uh, a lot of a lot of guys weighing in around 190, 210. So we'll see how that translates. He's two forty, big dude. He's a big guy. Oh my gosh! No, trust me. Like in terms of like, you know, I love a jacked player. Peyton Sparks has great potential there. One thing I took away from the highlights is he has great dunk reactions on his face. Well, you saw the you saw the photo we used he for finds, his. He finds the camera and he will look at that camera. The photo we used for the brief today, um, shout out Ball State Athletics, who provided us a courtesy photo. Uh, man is staring directly at the camera. Like, he he has locked eyes. Yeah, uh, it'll be a big big question to see if Peyton Sparks has that dog in him. That's true. That is a very important That's metric. That's a big target in the transfer portal for IU, I think. They need more guys dogs? with that dog. They, they yeah. need, need some dogs. Yeah. Although, he's a cardinal, not a dog. Okay, that's true. He is. Yeah. Uh, well, what about what about cats specifically, Kirk Rissa? It's got to be a big cat. He did rip apart Indiana earlier this year, so. Uh, no, no Tar Heels, though. No, no Tar Heels. No Caleb Love. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, Sparks will right now. I guess would kind of be your five and Malik at the four. I don't really know. Uh, I don't think they could play together. Well, I don't think they will. I think I think Sparks will come off the bench, um, especially if you get probably the highest, um, the guy who's highest on everyone's list right now from Virginia, Caden um, Shedrick. Yes, I want to say Shedrick. Yeah, uh, who would then become definitely a starter in the post with alongside Malik. You're also hoping Malik takes a step forward, obviously, um, or maybe maybe Sparks starts over Malik. I'm not sure, but. Mm. Um, I have a hunch. <laughs> I have a hunch that that will not happen. But then again, I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> what? What have you ever been wrong? Um, like um, morally, or because <laughs> I was well, the time you kicked t- the dog last right, week, right? Was... And I have some pretty dubious claims about recycling <laughs> and its effects on the climate. But, <laughs> um, but no, yeah. Um, if anyone wants to hear a fun stat that's maybe not a fun stat, I'm going through and adding up the contributions of the players who may or may not be leaving this year. So so a combined oh may or may not be leaving you're talking right. about. Right. And like okay, to be fair, I'm not including like Logan Duncombe or any of the walk-ons. There's this. no minutes. Shame on me. Yeah. Um you're going to forget about his 10-point performance against Elon? I am. Uh so between Trace uh Race and Miller, the guys we definitely know are leaving. That is 49% of Indiana's points last year. Almost half their scoring. If you add in Jalen Hochefino, very likely NBA draftee, that is 66%. If, and I don't think this will happen, but if Xavier Johnson cannot get a medical medical waiver, you are looking at a crisp 70% of Indiana's points from last year walking out the door. Uh, I, I see your point, and I raise you, it doesn't matter anymore. Well, right. It's it's like it's going to be the same 
candy striped pants, and that's really all that carries over from year to year in college basketball at this point. Yeah, I know. I just like Kansas State did not have uh, all but two players. I yeah, think, they had like the year nothing. Yeah, from last no, totally. Year. In the era of the transfer portal and all this, it's huge. I just, you know, very I'm interesting all, stat. I'm all about. Thanks. I'm all about tempering expectations and just like you know, you're losing at least three of your five starters, maybe four, probably not five, but maybe. Just like as we go into this, uh, the later half of the spring and summer, like let's maybe think about what kind of team this is going to be. It's not going to be like probably a seamless handoff into the next era of Indiana basketball. He does make a good point because even though college basketball is becoming that, I think I saw earlier. 16 of the 20 starters in the final four were returnees from the last year. Yeah. So at st- like right now still uh like roster retention matters. Back to Peyton Sparks. Um I was looking at his block numbers. He had 29 blocks this year. Trace Jackson Davis had 92. Yeah, but that's a freak year. Like, okay, well, in comparison, and it's also Trace Jackson, Jordan, Davis. yeah, Jordan Geronimo had twenty three, which is which is a crazy number. Teams. I'll definitely yeah. give you that. So, I mean, maybe Peyton Sparks is just a brick wall down low, and like no one even dares shoot over him. Fair, fair. Don't you also, like the two. you have to remember, and I don't have Trace's stats pulled up right in front of me. His block numbers were significantly lower his first two years because that's not how he played defense. That was that was a Woodson um, adjustment where release from your man, go get the block, versus stay on your man and focus on the rebound. Yeah, and I think, Evan, you're with that and the point earlier about the scoring losses, you are hitting at something that I think is very important for like all college sports fans to remember, which is that every new team, season to season, sometimes even month to month or week to week, it's like a new life. Like, you know, so much can change with such young players who can develop so much or like crater so hard. So, you know, Peyton Sparks will not be the player he was at Ball State he might be substantially better. He might just be a little bit better. But there is so much that can change as we sit here on March 29th, looking ahead to late November, December, a year from now. But still, yeah. can understand the urge to either like to like buy in way too hard on things like this. I think Shedrick is a big name for IU, specifically because in the past like four, five years, it feels like. Indiana refuses to get a post player taller than six foot nine. I don't know why. Well, they had Michael one, Durr. and he. That's true. Michael Durr was uh, was seven feet tall. The, the, the original ED killer, right? And then the new ED stopper um, got a sinus infection <laughs> that lasted a, like a fiscal quarter. So, how about play? play? They refuse to play anyone above six foot nine. Okay, for yeah. the most part. And I assume Shedrick would play probably start, and he is seven feet tall. Um, looking at IU's needs, guard. they will need guard. They need a guard. 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 Sh- shoot. Yeah. Shoot the ball. People who can shoot. Justin Ideally also dribble. Timberlake, also known as Nicholas Timberlake. He's a transfer from Towson, and he mm-hmm. shot 41% from three this year. On 221 three-point attempts. I think IU would like to have him on their team. Um, I mean, sure they have a lot of guys. Another guard, and we're doing some groundbreaking reporting here, um, according to Jeff Rabjohns. Caleb Love has mutual interest with Indiana men's basketball. 
So interesting. That could definitely be um, a player on the team. He can definitely yes. shoot. He would be a player. If, on if the we're team. looking for shooters, he Caleb likes Love to could shoot. be your man. If you're looking for guys who make shots, he might not he be. Needs, your... he, he'll need he'll need to step forward. Just sort of a Devonte Green type. Yeah. Yes. Like here's the thing, right? Like I, I know that Caleb Love is is divisive as a player because he does just chuck up shots a lot, but also like he sent the team to the national championship game. Yeah, was, was pretty good in yeah. that run. As a freshman, no. Pretty sure he's he entered the portal after his sophomore year. That'd be such a good question for Emma to answer. Oh, Emma. Duke basketball. <laughs> Ceiling crashes. <laughs> I wouldn't have the money to fix that. No. Yeah, I mean, no, like it's it would definitely be a jolt of excitement. Like, guy comes from North Carolina. The thing is, you don't want to be jag hunting in the portal. You don't want to be just a guy hunting, like just trying to plug holes. You see that a lot in college football, um, probably less so in basketball. But, you know, obviously you have roles to fill, but you don't just want to like your scholarships are limited. So you got to be choosy if you can afford to. Can Indiana afford to? I guess we'll we'll see how that bears itself out. But, yeah, definitely guard play seems to be the most obvious thing to me. But granted, I could be blinded by having just watched Miami just spread yeah. Indiana like butter over toast for – 40 minutes. They also could probably use like a wing. Another another name is Chris Ledlam from Harvard. Yes. He's a six foot six guard slash forward. Not exactly a three point shooter, but kind of like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, is Jordan Miller the one who didn't necessarily shoot threes, but he was just a very athletic wing for Miami? Oh, um, was it Miller the one? Let me pull up. Who didn't. Yes, he was he was 0 for 1 from deep. So Yeah, I think Ledlam's probably a similar pro- player. Uh he averaged 19 points a game this year at Harvard, so mm. Yeah. Might wow. be a good get. Yeah. And it seems like there is interest in both sides from the Twitter. Sure. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Transfer portal. I I I don't know. I don't know enough to be able to come on here and really say like who's going to be a good fit for Indiana. Because I just don't know. I'm not that knowledgeable. You, you don't watch so, Harvard basketball. I don't every night. Uh, th- this is this is a confession. I don't watch Harvard basketball, so oh I don't know. I don't know who's really the best fits. All I know is that Indiana needs needs some additions. Well, fortunately, I actually missed covering a lot of Indiana games because I was watching Harvard basketball. So I actually pulled up a 37 minute filibuster about that player whose name I already forgot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll do that after we stop the recording. Yeah, and I'll just talk in a dark room doesn't need to be dark we have lights but that's how i get in my zone yeah it's we are to a certain extent trying to forecast weather a year out and farmer's just, almanac oh i love an almanac you would yep that seems pretty on brand yeah yeah okay for either because you just like really like like reading the almanac in your spare time or because it kind of sounds like the, has the word almond in it, and you're hungry. I do love almonds. <laughs> I, and I am really hungry. It's five thirty as we record this, which is almost dinner time for me. I, I mean, yeah. I also didn't eat lunch today, so I'm hungry too. I did have lunch, but I consume too many calories a day. Yeah. For a man of my relatively modest stature. Yeah. But I like feeling big and like a hoss, you know. I love just like having four eggs and just a big bowl of oatmeal. Washing raw, it down with a glass. Eggs? No, I'll scramble That's them. That's weird. Do you like I, didn't know, I didn't know if he was built like that. No, I'm not Gaston. 
Uh, <laughs> but I just love just eating a stupid amount of food, my tummy hurting for three and a half hours, and then making it hurt more. But food tastes good, so. Like your mom's breakfast casserole. Mm-hmm. Thank you again, Mrs. Gurky. Just really bringing things it was together. I'm sorry I didn't make the bed in the basement. I figured you guys were going to change the sheets afterwards. So, like, what was the point in making it? But at the same time, I was like, ah, but, like, out of no, the courtesy No, you, you were right. You were, we were going to wash the sheets. But so I just, I I just hope better. I didn't seem careless, you know, because no. I made it the night before. No, Because I knew yeah. I was getting back into it. Yeah, no, for sure. Okay. It's all good. I haven't slept since then. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other thoughts on transfers? And then we'll wrap it up. Um, well, just, like, you know, you're Indiana basketball. You can get most of the guys you want, is what I would think. But you can't get all of them. You can't get all of them. So Indiana fans, don't get your hopes up that high. But have a little bit of hope because, you know, that's what you do. And then you just get it crushed the next year. Yeah. But that's kind of a cycle we aren't there yet. So you no, never know. Hope springs eternal in the off season. That's right. This is when you, you're only looking up. Exactly. Yeah. What a wonderful note to end it on. Thank you. Uh, so this has been the Five Banner Banter Podcast, the 2022-23 Indiana Daily Student Men's Basketball Podcast. As always, I've been your host, Evan Kirky, joined alongside Bradley O'Hulan, and not as always, but our limited edition special guest, Will Foley. Thank you for joining us, Will. We appreciate it. Uh, and thank you to our listeners for joining us as well. <laughs>